This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. We come to uh, Galatians chapter 3, and I've entitled this, Why Can't We Mix Law and Grace Together? And we're going to find out why we can't mix law and grace together from Galatians, the third chapter. And I list six reasons why we cannot mix law and grace. The first is, it's foolish to deny the cross. If we could work our way to salvation and sanctification in our own strength and Jesus' death on the cross was not necessary. Second, reason why law and grace don't mix together is because the new life we have in Christ is received and lived by faith alone. The third reason law and grace don't mix together is because the father of faith is our example. Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned unto him unto righteousness. He didn't do works. He believed what God said, what God promised to him, and he received the righteousness that is from God. He's our example as the father of faith. And then law and grace don't mix together because law curses those who try to live it out, and Christ cures those who trust in him. Law and grace don't mix together because inheritance, that is the godly inheritance we get from God, is based on a promise, not on law. And finally, law and grace don't mix together because children of God are one in Christ. If we had a law system for acceptance with God, there would be different strata or a caste system of who's better than others. But because Christ died for our sins and he accomplished it for our righteousness, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Praise God. Let's look at each one of these from Galatians chapter 3. Number one reason why we can't mix law and grace together is because it's foolish to deny the cross. Galatians 1, chapter 3, verse, chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 3. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Are you so foolish? Notice that Paul does not pull any punches. He tells it like it is. He's straightforward, and he says... You are foolish. You are um, uh, one French fry short of a, uh, of a full pack there. You have diminished powers of perception. Here, 
in the preaching of the gospel, he presented very clearly Christ crucified. He preached Christ on the cross. Christ died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and to give you a new life by his resurrection. Are you so foolish to deny that truth and to think that by your own works you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps? You've missed the very essence of the gospel, the cross of Christ. Christ crucified is the object of the believer's faith. Secondly, the reason why we can't mix law and grace together is because new life is received and lived by faith. You remember back in Galatians 2, verses 15 and 16, Paul wrote, We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So three times Paul emphasized that we receive the new life in Christ through faith in Christ. We are declared righteous before a holy God through faith in Christ alone. And it doesn't stop there. You receive Christ for your salvation, and then you live the Christian life by faith. So just because you started by faith doesn't mean you then continue by your own works. And that's what Paul is saying here in Galatians 3, verses 2 to 5. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? This is a diagnostic question. It's like Dr. Phil asking, and how's it working for you? They were trying to live the Christian life by the negative energy of their flesh and the empty gas tank fumes of their personalities, and it wasn't working for them. Paul is asking, having started the race, relying upon the Spirit of the Lord for power and cleansing and the infilling of your soul with the truth of God's word, are you now running the race with the lead boots of religious rules and regulations and rituals? It just doesn't make sense. It's downright foolish. The direction of the Galatian Christians is violating their initial experience with God. They received Christ by faith and began to live their Christian life by faith, and the Holy Spirit empowered them and was transforming them in Christ-likeness. But then they abandoned that faith life in exchange for a pitiful self-improvement program designed by the devil to try to justify themselves and get glory for themselves by how many religious practices they could check off as achieved and accomplished. Let me bring this down to where you and I live. If you were given a beautiful car 
a high-powered car with a constantly full gas tank or battery charge, and you were thankful for it, and you drove it everywhere you went, why would you stop driving it and start pushing it around town? It just doesn't make sense. It's downright foolish. If you lived on another planet where you needed to wear a spacesuit in order to breathe, and you accepted that wonderful provision so you could have a new life there, why would you want to take off the spacesuit and try holding your breath instead to live your new life? It just doesn't make sense. It's downright foolish. Do you see what Paul is doing? He's trying to convict them and convince them that living the Christian life in their own strength and energy does not make sense. We need to live by faith and in Christ and let his Holy Spirit fill us and empower us to live the Christian life. And he goes on to say, Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask you, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? In other words, progress was made in their Christian life when it was lived by faith. And the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, and the other aspects of the fruit were evident. The inner life was being transformed and the outer life was being conformed more and more to the character and conduct of Christ and they were experiencing the presence and power of God and they were seeing him answer prayer and miracles were happening. Was that a waste of time to have lived for the Lord by faith and by his Holy Spirit? Were you off track and running Off course when you lived by faith and relied upon the Lord? Of course not. Somehow, Paul writes to the Galatians, you got it backwards. You thought that the Christian life was to be lived by your self-effort and by observing religious traditions. Which saved you, Paul is asking, faith in Christ or religious traditions? Which empowered you to live for God? The power of the Holy Spirit that comes from continuing to have faith in Christ or the comfort and conservatism of complying to the rules and traditions of men? Which empowered you to live for God? The new life is received and lived by faith. We remember This, as it says in Galatians 2, 19 and 20, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Last week I talked about Playtex living gloves. Now, this does not look like a living glove. 
It looks like a dangling dead glove. And I try to pick up my Bible, and it doesn't do that. I put it here on the pulpit, and it's just limp and lifeless. How is this a living glove? But if I stick my hand in that glove, the life of my hand animates this glove. It gives it life. Christ in me is my life. I am the glove. Christ in me gives me life to be able to pick up this Bible and to uh, live for him. So the life that we live, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us by dying on the cross for us and gave himself for us so that we could be forgiven of our sins and set free from the law. Our life is a spirit life that's a faith life that is Christ living his life through the filter of our personality. He doesn't make us all the same. We're all different, but he fills us to be fully like him in character and in conduct with our unique personality. That's the Christian life. It's a new life received and lived by faith, not by works. Third, the reason why we can't mix law and grace together is because the father of faith is our example. Who's the father of our faith? Abraham. It says here in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 to 9, So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Abraham is the example, the prototype of what having faith in God is all about. God said to him, I will provide a descendant for you who will inherit the promises and continue to fulfill this covenant. Do you believe that? And Abraham said, I believe. And it was credited to him as righteousness. He believed God's promise. Do you remember from Sunday school that song, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so were you, so let's just praise the Lord. You remember that song? If you, you do, it's the right arm, and then it's the left arm, then it's the right foot, then the left foot, and it's the Christian hokey pokey. The point here is that Abraham is our father. He's the father that is the example of faith. He came to trust in the Lord and have a relationship with the Lord by faith. We as Gentiles are children of Father Abraham. It goes on to say in Galatians 3, 6-9, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham by saying, all nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. How are we blessed? How do we receive the Holy Spirit of God? By faith. All nations includes all Gentiles. 
all Gentiles can come to trust in God by faith and become children of Abraham, the example of faith. The fourth reason why you can't mix law and grace together is because law curses and Christ cures. Law curses and Christ cures. It says in Galatians 3, 10 to 14, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. So here it's very clear. It says that if you say, I'm going to live by the law to justify myself before God and to earn my own righteousness, the requirement of the law is that you have to obey it perfectly. You can't miss one little part of the law. As James says, if you are guilty of even one transgression of the law, you're guilty of breaking the entire law. Can any of us perfectly fulfill the Ten Commandments? The answer is no. And we're going to see that the purpose of the law is to show us that we're sinners in need of a Savior. The only way we can be saved is to trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our sin-bearer. The righteous will live by faith. Now that's a quote of Habakkuk chapter 4, verse 2. And that verse is mentioned three times in the New Testament. Here in Galatians, in Romans, and in Hebrews. And in the three times it's mentioned in the New Testament, it emphasizes the three parts of that sentence. The just, that is those who are set right with God and declared righteous in his sight by faith in Christ, shall live, that is, shall continue to have new life and power to glorify God, growing in Christ-likeness, loving and serving others and telling, them the, telling others the good news of forgiveness of sins through faith in Christ, by faith shall continue to rely upon and trust in the Lord for salvation and sanctification, for being saved from the penalty of sin and from the power of sin. The just shall continue to live by faith alone. That's what it says in Habakkuk 4.2, and it's repeated three times in the New Testament. Galatians, Romans, and Hebrews to emphasize that it's not law that saves us, it's faith alone that saves us. But anyone who commits themselves to the law has to fulfill it perfectly. It says the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them, have to follow every part of it. It's impossible. Aren't you glad that God provided a Savior, Jesus Christ? When he came to earth, he fulfilled all righteousness. He's the only one who obeyed the law to the nth degree, completely, fully. He was fully righteous, and yet he gave his fully righteous life as a sacrifice for your sin and for mine. In exchange for our sinful lives, because we had broken the law, Christ, who had fulfilled the law, stepped in as our substitute, and he paid in full for our sin. Aren't you thankful 
for Jesus, our Savior and our Redeemer. Christ redeemed us, it says here in Galatians 3, from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Here, Paul is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23. By being crucified, Christ became cursed and technically guilty of all our sins. You see, if you break one of the parts of the law, you're guilty of breaking the whole law, and cursed means you are deserving of God's judgment, of God's eternal punishment. But Christ took your place. Christ paid for your sin in full. He said, it is finished. Paid in full. Because faith unites us to Jesus, his death is considered ours, and in him our sins have been punished so that we are set free. Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we receive the promise of the Spirit. So thanks to the fact that Jesus died on the cross in our place so we could be forgiven of our sins and we could be purchased for God. The word redeemed means to be paid for off the slave market. Each one of us was on a pedestal being sold as a slave into bondage to our sin and to Satan and into the fear of death. But Jesus redeemed us. He bought us off of the slave market and he set us free. That's what redeemed means. Redeemed, I'm so glad I'm redeemed. Redeemed, let the redeemed of the Lord say so because we have been purchased out of slavery by the payment of Christ on the cross for our sin. We've been taken off the slave market no longer to go back to bondage again. And the fifth reason why we can't mix law and grace together is because inheritance is based upon a promise. Galatians 3.18, For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it is no longer depending on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. So the scripture was uh, locked up and so that... Uh, Excuse me, let me go on to Galatians 3, 21 to 22. For if the law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. So if the purpose of the law was if you obey it, you have a relationship with God and you live in a pleasing, wonderful relationship with him, then Christ didn't have to die on the cross. But because the law's purpose is not to give us life, but to point out that we're sinners worthy of eternal death, we are crying out, we need a Savior. That's the purpose. And so God gave us a promise. And it goes on to say, but Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer a guardian. So every one of us was like a little kid. And that kid had a 
guardian or tutor who is responsible for the kid. And that tutor, that guardian, kept telling us what was right and what was wrong. And the problem was we were pretty rowdy and pretty rebellious. And so we kept bucking our guardian, our babysitter, because we didn't want to do what was right. So the purpose of the law was to be like a tutor, a guardian, a babysitter who told us what was right and wrong so we could realize that we were continuously doing wrong. And it prepared us to realize we need Jesus. We need salvation. We need to trust by faith because trying to live the law out by our strength kept falling short. The law convicts us so that we might turn to Christ and Jesus Christ is the source of life given freely to those who believe. And finally, why can't we mix law and grace together? It says in Galatians 3, 26 to 29, that the children of God are one in Christ. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there a male or female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Praise God that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. The most important thing in Roman society was to be declared a son. If you were a son and you reached the age of adulthood, then you had all the rights and privileges of the family. When you receive Christ, you automatically are an adopted child of God. And you have the highest social standing possible for all eternity. You're a child of God. It doesn't get any better than that because you have all the rights and privileges therein of being a child of God. Therefore, all other distinctions pale in significance to being a child of God. Are you a man or a woman? Are you a slave or a free person? Are you a Jew or a Gentile? It doesn't matter. What matters is you're a child of God. Now, it doesn't erase the fact that you're a woman or a man or Jew or Gentile or slave or free. Those distinctions still exist, but we do not have a strata or a caste system that says, I'm better than you. In Christ, we are one. In Christ, we're all Abraham's children. In Christ, we're all going to inherit every eternal blessing for all eternity. Praise God. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are six reasons why we can't mix law and grace together. It's foolish to deny the cross. New life is received and lived by faith. The father of faith is our example. Law curses, Christ cures. Inheritance is based upon promise and children of God are one in Christ. I'm going to read this prayer and then ask you to pray this prayer out loud with me. I think this prayer 
reflects what we've learned from God's Word. And if you really want to be a doer of God's Word and not just a hearer of God's Word, I want you to pray this prayer and mean it and follow through on it. This prayer is this. God, I understand now that I cannot add works to grace in order to be saved from the judgment I deserve or to live for you. I turn from my efforts to atone for my own sins, and I trust completely in you, Jesus Christ, as my Savior who died on the cross to take the curse of the law away from me and to redeem me by your resurrected life. Would you pray that prayer with me and mean it in your heart? God, I understand now that I cannot add works to grace in order to be saved from the judgment I deserve or to live for you. I turn from my efforts to atone for my own sins, and I trust completely in you, Jesus Christ, as my Savior who died on the cross to take the curse of the law away from me and to redeem me by your resurrected life. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.